scrimmage. Here's Cora. Welcome to the Casuals to Degenerates podcast. I am your host, Luke Probasco, and with me, as always, is my co-host, Jacob Belleville. Hey, Jacob. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Pretty good. We do not have the Southern Bear here tonight. Again, wants to be a staple and off looking for picnic baskets or something. I don't know. What what do we got to do to get the guy here on a regular basis? Not really sure. I don't know. I don't even think beer will keep him around. It's kind of sad. We have, you know, here on the podcast, we are trying to do our manager interview series. Last week we had Chad, the cellar dweller, uh, on. Tonight we have Ian Rinker, our inaugural NFL champion. Welcome, Ian. How's it going, guys? Hey, Ian. It's great. It's great to have another champion around here because you won and I won the college side that year. And then this year, you know, how does it feel to win a championship in this league? Feels pretty good. Not going to lie. It feels pretty good. Can't wait to get back. Yeah. I would tell how you. About, how about you? Oh, I how mean, it, feel? it feels great winning on the college side, you know, back to back, going for a three-peat. I mean, and then, you know, winning both sides last year. Uh, I don't know. Have you ever had uh, pecan pie made by Jacob Belleville? I have not. Well, I hear it's great, and this was definitely way better. Jacob, how are your championships? They're pretty good. I believe, you know, this league, it's called delayed gratification. It's coming. Right, <laughs> he hasn't got here yet. I believe there's another league that we're in where I three-peated, but yeah. All right, another league. Okay, yeah. not this one. Sounds good. Is that one like really tough, really hard C two C league? Um, what what's really difficult about it is the rule book is absolutely massive. Oh man, is that the one that like Chad's the commissioner of, but it's like actually grim? It feels like it sometimes, yeah. I hear you. I was actually in a league, I think it was with you, Ian, where um, 
I'm not a big fan of vetoes, but Marlon Mack got vetoed in one league that I was in. <laughs> oh, Jacob, were you in that one too? Yeah, I remember that. I believe the Southern Bear was the one who kind of led the charge to get that vetoed. And then I turned around and won the league. So it felt good to just kind of put that back in his face. Cause that's, that's the first trade I've ever had. That's been vetoed. I mean, we, we had some trades this week that probably should have been vetoed. Right. But here we are. Yeah. How come nobody in the league saved me from giving up my fourth round pick? Nobody, nobody seemed to care. I didn't hear a single opinion from Dennis. Which, you know, makes me wonder where his allegiance lies. Anyways, make sure you go, you download, rate, and review the podcast. I know some of you are not downloading. You're not giving us a review. Pretty evident last week, Chad threw down the gauntlet. He said, Brett, I challenge you to come on next. I gave Brett until 11.59 p.m. Saturday night to just text me and nothing. Brett, how do you not listen to this? I Tweet says you listen to it when you roll up blaring it going to the golf course, but I don't buy it. Reach out. Say that you would you know, like to be a part of this this league. I mean, you did by, you know, sharing your interest in Jojo Earl, which I I appreciate, and Jacob does as well. But we'll get to that later. We're going to play a little game of who am I. So same rules. We've got five picks or five questions slash statements. and, And by... Question five, we hopefully have it narrowed down. So who am I? And again, the first about two or three are going to be kind of hard, so I'll go quick. Just chime in if you have it. Number one, I am an SEC running back. Does anyone want to lock it in? No. Interesting. That was, oh, I, thought, I thought I gave it away there, but we did not. Last year, I averaged... points, three spots behind Grimm's RB2 last year in points per game, Devin Neal, at uh, 15.9. I'm close, but I want to hear the next one. I ran for 582 yards last year, but my coach threw it in a neutral game script 74.1% of the time. I had an 11% market share. Ian, you wanted to hear one more. Do you want to lock it in? Yeah. Lock it in. in. All right. Four, I play for an egg in a rivalry game, and my former coach was Mike Leach. Hopefully, What's that? Might as well hear the last one. Uh, X marks... The spot. Hmm. Lock it in. Lock it in. All right. Ian, you you went first. You locked it in after uh, clue three. Who did you believe it is? Who you just traded me for. Previous marks. Previous marks. Uh, Jacob, is that what you also got to? It was. Yep. Were you leaning at all, Quinshawn Judkins? 
Not when you said 11% market share for receptions. <laughs> okay. Uh, also, a fun fact, Jaquavius Mark, 76 more receptions in his career than Quentin Johnston. I can believe it. How many less yards? <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably about the same, to be honest. I mean, we were looking today, and it was, he has 191 <laughs> receptions and 1,058 yards. So basically, he's catching the ball, and he's falling down. Honestly, what happened? Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to the trade a little bit later. But NCAA news. Branson Robinson did not play in Georgia's spring game. He is having foot surgery. It's actually his toe. So should be back by the regular season, but something to be aware of. Brett, George Petaway showed promise there in week one or week zero. I can't remember which it was. But he is now running with the threes. And in their spring game, they had two running backs for each string. So he's at least RB5, maybe RB6 on the depth chart for UNC. Um, Brooks in the Texas spring game was injured, so he was out for the game. Jan Blue had a couple runs that looked pretty good there on the Bird app. McCord at uh, Ohio State. Seems to be neck and neck with uh, Devin Brown, but should have a leg up, but did not just outright take the job in that spring game, which um, probably doesn't bode that well. I'm sure he's still in the driver's seat, but maybe it's closer than we may think. (laughs) Let's just talk about it. Quinn. Quinn looked good. Malik Murphy also looked good. Just there as, is what's that? Just as good, but you know, not as good though. But uh, their stat line was basically the same. Well, against the second team, you can do that. So second team Quinn. So, <laughs> so there are rumors after Florida's uh, spring game on Thursday. They asked about the quarterback position, and their head coach said. We will be looking in the transfer portal for a quarterback. One, how good was Anthony Richardson if, like, this team just looks so bad? No wonder he didn't want to come back. Two, I wonder who they go after. There's been uh, some some smoke around Malik Murphy going in the transfer portal and going to Florida, which he's no Anthony Richardson. So I – he probably would look worse than he actually is optically wise, but at least he should start somewhere. That's like the landing spot that I want to go to, to get my starting opportunity. Yeah. Um, And then we've got Jackson Dart looks to be the QB one there at Ole Miss, which is kind of a surprise because we had Spencer Sanders transfer in, his last year of eligibility, you would assume he would be the starter or promise something. Why would you come there if this is your last year? But it looks like it's Jackson Dart's job. So that's interesting. Uh, pour one out for your homies, Brett and Spencer Sanders. Jacob Cam Selden looked to be a part of this offense a little bit. You had mentioned you think he's going to be at least a gadget player. Um, 
in this offense. I I think they're going to try to find a couple ways for him to get the ball this year. He's going to be especially maybe around the goal line. So I'm excited to see how Tennessee utilizes him this year. Yeah, it's, a, it's exciting, but like I drafted uh, Justin Williams, Williams Thomas last year, and he's kind of a freak athlete at the running back position too and didn't get any run. So I don't. I don't entirely trust, I guess, Tennessee with kind of these electric playmakers who may or may not be just, like, good at that position yet. All right. And then, overall, the freshman quarterbacks look like freshman quarterbacks. Yeah, Nico, he had a couple good throws that made it there on the Bird app. Uh, He also had some bad throws that people were not sharing as much. He had Arch. People just dogging him, especially tweet about like how bad he looked. But I mean, what do you expect? And then uh, Malachi Nelson also didn't look very good. That USC defense. I mean, you might as well play against Aaron. I believe he had three interceptions and a fumble in his spring game. So not the start that you probably want from Malachi Nelson. And then Jacob said, do we really need to talk about Michael Hudson or Jordan Hudson being in the portal? And I said, yes, because I've had at least four of you guys ask about him. I want you guys to know that he's in the transfer portal. He's not at TCU. I'm doing this for good conscience. This is step two in my uh, FFT road to recovery uh, fantasy football trading um, anonymous. So this is, you know, step two, uh, step one was, uh, my trade with, with Ian. Um, and then this is step two. I don't know if I'll go to the rest of the groups. It's kind of, I don't know. It's real shitty. Like they keep trying to peddle me really bad trades and I don't like it, you know? So I probably won't go and I'll probably go back to my old habits. <laughs> Jacob, you're doing a really good job of keeping your opinions to yourself. I need you to – you must have Grim in your ear, so stop listening to what he has to say. You know what, Grim? I'm going to start making opinions now. I don't even care what you have to say. You know? I, I, I don't care. I just thought Grim in the chat made some very good points. Just like what? points. He doesn't know what he's talking about. Like all of them were pretty good. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard you get behind. I just can't. This might be the dumbest thing since, you know, Quinn's not going to be the starter or go to the NFL. And Caleb Williams isn't going to do my, like, six-leg parlay. I mean, this Mm -hmm. is the dumbest thing since you not getting behind that. I can't. Uh, And then, uh, Jacob, you, you snuck in here that Evan Stewart, Signs an NIL deal here with the luxury luxury purse brand coach. Yes. So I found well. that I just found that interesting and yeah, it was pretty interesting. Is he uh it's one of two things. He's either either coming at Coach Prime and Louie or he's trying to be the next Joe Namath, but he doesn't want to do pantyhose. I mean, you tell us. You tell us. I'm going to say. He's your guy. I'm going to say he's going after both because he's a dog. (laughs) Going after both. Give me Prime and Joe Namath. 
anytime. Ian, any uh, any comments here around any of the NCAA news? Yeah, that, that Florida QB uh, spot, that's that's interesting. I haven't seen anything concrete, just following my guys a little bit, but also seen some stuff out there as far as uh, Brock Vandegrift and whether he's going to stick at Georgia or look elsewhere. And Florida was one of the spots mentioned, so it would be interesting. Does not sound to me that Brock Vandegrift will be there come the start of the season. Sounds like Carson Beck is the guy, another guy available in our supplemental draft. All right, Jacob, you want to take our NFL news? Yep, so only NFL news is today is the last day that draft prospects basically visit the teams. And then over the next week, um, teams will basically be setting their big boards for the NFL draft. Round one, Thursday, rounds two and three, Friday, Saturday, rounds four to seven. So... It's coming. It's right around the corner. Cannot wait. Ian. Yes, sir. What the hell is going on out there? There's a lot of noise. (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, my internet's down, so I'm doing this via cell phone. So hopefully uh, it's coming through all right. Yeah, you're hearing all the background noise because I'm dealing with my dog going in and out. It's, It's just a mess. Well, can we have some level of professionalism here, Ian? I mean, come on. I mean, this this has at least a couple five-star review podcasts, and I don't want to go down to a four-and-a-half star. Okay? So, all right. So I'll straighten it out here. All right. Our league trade counter, we have are now up to 17. We had a kind of a busy week this week. It's been a – it's only Wednesday. We're recording this a day early. Uh, so Ian could call in via phone. Um, Jacob, you have a couple of trades uh, you want to talk about, so let's let's get into it. The first one is probably the banger that we all want to talk about. Yes, Grim gets pick nine oh nine, and uh, Brett gets Richie James. I mean, the league needs to be on notice. Grim is trying to get the ninth round. Corey, you own two picks. At this point, I am very confident you can hold those for Justin Herbert. At least one of those. Probably Mac Jones, to be completely honest. Dude's been trying to sell him since he drafted him on his team. And then the other one is Chad. So Chad, just out of spite, just hold it. Just be that farmer that doesn't sell his land to the developer. That's what we need from you, Chad. And if you don't do it, I hope you live in that cellar forever. Ian, what's your breakdown of this trade? I know I said I wanted it to be quick, but I need to give Grim his, you know, his time time in the light here. I mean, this probably is one of his biggest trades he's made since he uh, you know, got rid of Malik Willis. Hashtag yeah, leave your opinions to yourself. Whatever his mad strategy is going after entire round of the draft, I, I don't get that at all. But but uh, to each their own. But the other side, you know, well, and to be fair, that's Luke's strategy too. Each year, he tries to get the whole first round. 
I mean that that makes some sense, but like, <laughs> I forget which round. I forget which round Grim did last year, but it was. I think it was a thirteenth. Yeah, so, yeah. So I don't know, but the, the other side of that trade with Brett, I mean, I, I'm just curious how that went down. If they just said, "What chief do you want on my roster?" or if Brett picked him because he's a chief, I, there's probably something to that. Like honestly, if Brett would have hold, held out until he was the only pick, he probably could have got Travis Kelsey. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. All right. Let's get to the next trade that you want to talk about. Go ahead. Open it up, Jacob. What's what's the, what's the been you know grinding your gears? So this was actually a pretty fun trade between me and Chad. I got the NCAA 106. He got Trey Sanders, Corey Kiner, Talia Tagovailoa, the NFL 105, and Zay Jones. So kind of served two purposes. He basically he basically got some players that should help out his college roster and NFL roster for this next year. And then I got the 106, and it also helped me like clear up roster space without just having to cut people. So I, I don't know. I thought it was a good trade. Now it could come back to bite me because I think right now the only running back on TCU's roster that's over 200 pounds is Trey Sanders. So if he gets like the Kendra Miller workload – it might be a bad trade for me, but we'll find out. Ian, do you have any opinions on it? No, I, I, I get both sides. I mean, Chad was going after some playmakers on the college side. Obviously, Bell Bell wanted the, the high pick there, and I get his point clearing out some roster space too. But didn't really have a huge issue with it either way. All right. Grim, close your ears. I don't want you to hear this. All right, I think he's got his ears closed here. Chad, what the fuck, dude? I came, I asked. I mean, this is before I got the 102 and traded with Jacob because I just didn't want to do it. I don't want to, like, trade with the evil empire that is Jacob. But I did it. But before, I was like, hey, are you in, Are you willing to trade 106? That was it. Are you willing? And you said, no. I don't have any picks – any top two picks in 2024, I do not want to sell it. And I said, okay. Then days later, 106 is gone. What's a brother got to do, man? I mean, I inquire about it. It's not available. And then all of a sudden it's available. What I want to know is how many years that Jacob paid for your entry into this league to get that 106 available. Did he buy you tickets to a Raiders game? I swear to God, I see you at one Cardinals game this summer. I'm going to know who paid for those tickets. I think if we move on to the next trade, we'll see what the issue probably was for Chad. All right, let's go on to the next trade. All right, so the next trade. Hey, hold on. How are we going to let Grim know that like he can take his hands off of his ears? Because he can't hear us. Man, I bet you he's just listening right now and just has his hands over his ears. So part of the part of the issue with you getting the 106 from Chad might have been the fact that this next trade, you traded Brett, JoJo Earl, for the NCAA 209. That is facts. Yep. That is – that's brutal for Brett. I mean, Chad got – Three, no, he got five guys out of that trade, all of whom will actually play. 
Jojo Earl, I mean, has there been another player who's just living off of his recruiting ranking like him? Um, yeah. He's not particularly fast. He is particularly small. So I'm just wondering what we're doing here. Were you the guy in the chat that mentioned that you like Zachariah Branch? Like the the 6'4", 230-pound Zachariah Branch? Zachariah Branch is a very good athlete. Is JoJo Earl? He's a great athlete. <laughs> He's pretty average. <laughs> Ian, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on JoJo Earl? I'm not huge on him uh, with like Belleville. That's really banking on a change of scenery helps. I mean, Alabama wide receiver room wasn't exceptional last year, and you know, like, I don't know if him transferring. Uh, relates to that or if it does man uh but yeah no uh yeah brett's brett's banking on a change of scenery for sure and obviously you got a pretty handsome return so if grim is listening to this and he hears that opinion he's not going to be happy grim doesn't like to hear opinions on podcasts he likes it when skip bayless and Stephen a just have no opinions. He thinks those are like the best shows. I can't believe you guys just don't like JoJo. Like, and the only re- the only reason you guys don't like it is because you don't like JoJo. If you like JoJo, then you're like, okay, maybe. I, I'm just waiting. Like, what's the reason to like JoJo? His recruiting pedigree. Yeah, besides the recruiting ranking. He goes to a change of scenery. Balls are opening up. He's going to go to TCU. I wonder why he has to go to a change of scenery. Is it because he's so good that he was too good for Alabama? We'll ask our stat corrector, uh, the Southern Bear. He can listen to this and he can let us know. I mean, I dropped into the group chat of what he told me it was, but we'll see what uh, the Southern Bear comes up with. Sounds good. Not every move is an NFL move. Right, Ian? That's right. You paid You paid an NFL pick. Did I, though? You're drafting a Debbie guy in the first two rounds of a supplemental. Well, maybe not you. I mean, you drafted right. Cedric Tillman. Right. Who is going to go get drafted? You're right. I did draft. I drafted. But. Maybe I'll take that Riley Leonard guy. You should. But not every move is an NFL move. Kind of like Jaquavius Marks for NCAA 403. Jacob, this came across the league chat, and you feverishly looked into Jaquavius Marks. What did you find out? I think I already mentioned it, that like he had just one of the strangest stat lines I've ever seen. 191 receptions as a running back. Awesome. But then 1,000 yards. So he's catching this ball, and he is literally falling down. That's what I love about him. You've <laughs> got to protect the ball. You can't get benched if you don't fumble. Ian, what were your thoughts when I started this conversation with you last night? 
so those that have looked at my roster uh, recently, I always had him. I mean, I've started him quite a bit because he does. I mean, he doesn't doesn't put up a ton of yards, and obviously he doesn't uh, put up a ton of receiving yards or rushing yards. But he he's a he's a constant uh, point getter because he catches the ball, and um, I mean he got some explosive weeks, some duds, but overall, I mean that fifteen points a game. I was I was banking on him being in the starting lineup uh, unless I drafted someone that made more sense to start. But when you offered the four, and uh, I couldn't uh, I couldn't turn that down. Was that my first offer to you? It was. Did it was you a strong first offer? What were you expecting from me? Well, you said you liked them, and then you sent an offer, and I was expecting mid round or late. Mid to late. He's expecting to offer a fourth round pick for Antonio Williams. That's the expectation for Luke. Right. So go out there and make a strong offer. It gets accepted. That's just what I do, Jacob. Sometimes, you know, the housing market in 2020, you don't need to see a house. You just overpay for it. That's what some people do. And then some people just, I mean, that's kind of what I did here. I paid over market price. And Ian's like, fine, I'll take it. What did Brett pay? Uh, He paid. Brett bought a mansion in like, I don't know, some random town in Texas. He He bought a nice big house in Texas that doesn't have a basement. That's what he bought. Or internet. <laughs> so that I mean we we spent a lot of time there on the trades, but I had fun giving my opinions. I just can't believe that Grim still got his ears covered this entire time. All right, we will get into our next section, which is our interview with our special guest, the first NFL champion in this league, Ian Rinker. Ian. What's the biggest thing you've learned in the last two years? I think the biggest thing is uh, importance of the NCAA side. I mean, I think some of the the league, I think I mentioned in, in last year's interview, but I think some of the league went into that first um, initial draft, <laughs> which is kind of grasping at, at straws towards the end or even towards the beginning. Um, but the, just the overall importance of the NCAA side, because uh, obviously that's going to feed your NFL side. And to have success on both sides, you really need to pay pretty good attention to the college side of things. So you said that you need to pay attention to the college side of the things. I asked Chad in the group chat, and he refuses to answer in the group chat. You know, how much research do you do on the NCAA side? Uh, quite a bit going, definitely before the draft. Um, but I would say even during the season uh, or leading up to the season after the draft, I mean, I'm paying really close attention to my guys and potential free agents. I'd, I'd say some areas I could get better is looking at all players, uh, including the ones rostered. Um, that might be my weakness right now. And, uh, you know, maybe some of the reasons I don't trade more because uh, I'm glued into my guys and the guys that are out there as free agents. But 
uh, for whatever reason, I, I just think pay, start paying closer attention to the guys that are rostered too. Because I am, I am under the thought process now, two years into this, that like research matters, like information, like we all know information matters, but like the more research you do, like I innately believe if you look and do college research like two hours a week for somebody who does one hour a week, like that person who does more research is just going to do better in fantasy football. Like there's still some luck, but Jacob mentioned it in the group chat at one point of like, oh, Luke's really good at trading a one of 10,000 type guy for good, like a good return or whatever it was that you said, Jacob. But that got me thinking like, that's the fun part of college football is like, there are people who are a lot of the same and it just matters on doing research to figure out who you want. So that's kind of like my thought is I think how much time you put into it is kind of what you're going to get out of it. I'd agree. I mean, there's, it's a lot for sure. Um, This league's involved. Uh, College side is huge and uh, it's a lot, but I would agree with you. Put some time into it. I think the rewards are going to pay off. But I I think it shows because I mean, Jacob mentions that he really likes the guys on your team from a Debbie aspect. And um, you said you have a lot of people that come and ask about players. So obviously other players also like, you know, your team and what they, what you have to offer. And you won the first year on the NFL side, but you've been competing there on the college side and have kind of a scary team. It's like that team you don't want to run into that gets hot. So I, I really uh, keep up what you are doing, I guess, is kind of what I want to say. Appreciate that. How do you feel that year two went overall in the league for you? NFL side was uh, definitely disappointing. I mean, I ran into some terrible luck and had some tough losses, but that's part of it. Um, But ended up missing the playoffs. And then I guess if you call it a win, I won the consolation bracket, uh, I guess, if that counts. Um, no, it doesn't. Then... <laughs> doesn't. Grim also thinks it counts, but when he also doesn't have like 102 on the college side, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah, so the, the overall NFL was disappointing last year. I mean, it's obvious I have some some holes in my roster moving forward, but hopefully I can turn it around and, and still compete on that side. Um, and then the NCAA side uh, was okay. I mean, it ran into some tough luck on that side too, but ended up uh, – making a surge at the end of the season and snuck into the playoffs, but my, my slow start killed me again um, on the college side. And ultimately and it ended with the first round exit in the playoffs. Did you learn anything from that experience? Like, would you, would you have, you said you started off slow and then you got a first round exit. Would you have, I don't remember how you started off, like how slow you started off, but at some point, do you think you should have traded off more college production assets sooner to get things built up for the next year or any NFL pieces? Yeah, potentially. Um, yeah, because I did. I, I had some solid producers that probably could have uh, 
got me some decent returns. Obviously, I made some trades later in the year to help me for this year. But yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Is and if you get off to a slow start, it it might make some sense to start looking to the next year because it's a, it's a short season, especially on the college side. That's what I've also kind of realized. Like, I don't really know. what I'm trying to watch other teams to figure out where that like sweet spot is, but like after an own four start, like I might start looking at, Hey, what can I trade off? Like, I feel like people need to be realistic of what we can do. And like you said, you were able to sneak in, which was great. And you were a, a team that honestly, I feel like people would fear to face because you never know when a team's going to get hot, but what are the odds? So right. hopefully people listening, maybe take that to heart and maybe, you know, try to make it more challenging for a me on the NCAA side is what I'd really like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the NFL side, you got some more, you got some more buffer for the longer season, but the yeah. NCAA side, man, if you get off to a slow start, yeah, it might make some sense to really start looking at things. So, well, and you, you really can't sell off your college stuff and get more than, like, maybe one player on the NFL side. I mean, like, you're not going to get, like, a Jonathan Taylor for almost anything on the college side. Unless they're about to get drafted. I mean, you could get a Richie James for, like, a ninth-round no. pick. Yeah. At least. No, but, yeah, but maybe not necessarily the NFL side, but, man, maybe you can do some things to move around and, you know, maybe grab some um, – a freshman that I haven't seen in the field yet and help out your college side for the next coming years. Yep, or even just, you know, fab cash a little yep. bit extra to give you, a, you know, an edge here or there, or I'm not saying it would be uh, what you should do, but like, hey, Jacob, you finished, or you're starting 0-4, like, hey, do this, and then uh, I want you to use one of your waiver pickups for this guy. Hey, I'm not saying you have to do it. I'm never going to know. It might be something willing to uh, see if you can find somebody to play play ball with. I know Nate doesn't like to follow the rules. He would love to do that. All right. Um, what do you feel like is your biggest weakness on the NFL side? NFL side? Um, if I had to pick one, it's probably my running backs. Uh pretty much have Josh Jacobs and then a bunch of, you know, backups or, you know, the guys that aren't going to produce very much. Um, if I had to pick a second, it'd be long-term QBs on the, on the NFL side. I mean, a lot of my QB room is, is older. There's a couple of them that are probably in their last season. Um, and it's pretty much just Kyler Murray and gosh, he has a lot of question marks too. So I only said one, but I gave you two. <laughs> All right. So Ian, what are some, strengths that you have on your NFL team? Strengths on the NFL side for my roster would be um, still the wide receivers. I, I I have depth. I mean, I don't have a lot of star power there, but I have the depth on the wide receiver side. I think that's kind of what helped you win it the first year, if I, if I do recall. What is your strategy here on the NFL side? Strategy on uh, NFL side – uh, is you just, want it, you want it, then you didn't make the playoffs. Yep. Do you even know what you're doing? Maybe not. You know, I have some glaring 
I have some glaring holes and weaknesses, and that's why I'm really trying to build up the the college side to to get some more guys uh, shuffled over to my NFL side. But it's it's pretty obvious I have some glaring holes. I, we touched on running backs, touched on quarterbacks. I need some help there. But I mean, long term goal is always to compete and make the playoffs, and uh, anything can happen when you get there. All right. What do you feel is your biggest weakness on the NCAA side? Uh, weakness on the NCAA side, I would say uh, just overall lack of QB Debbie prospects. I mean, I, I think a lot of teams could say that, <laughs> but um, there's, there's like two right now. Yeah. But just, I, I need help in my QB room on the NFL side. And I don't, I don't think it's coming from anyone on my, on my NCAA side right now. So that's, so does that make me uh, think you're taking Nico there at uh, 105? Yeah, I mean, I think I mentioned it in the group chat, but uh, Jacob and I are on the same page. I think we're picking back to back, and we like the two, two, two of the same guys, Nico and Branch. Is if they're there, it's going to be a tough call. Branch may be a smokescreen. <laughs> He's a very, very tall. He doesn't, he doesn't quite fit the mold. <coughs> like, yeah, not quite. It would be a lot of fun. He's going to be tough to like not take. I tr- I was talking pre-show that I truly believe that sophomore year, Zachariah Branch might be very similar to Reggie Bush in the amount of hype and excitement that he brings to USC. Like Caleb Williams brought some stuff back to USC, but I think watching somebody as electric as Zachariah Branch, I think is going to be something similar to what Reggie Bush did. Um, pretty out there, though. You know that, right? Oh, yeah. You're talking about like a top 10 college player ever. <laughs> yeah. I, he was. He's fun to watch. So what do you view as your biggest strength on the NCAA side? Biggest strength on the NCAA side right now is just due to some moves that I made uh, last season and just some of the guys I have returning, just overall depth at uh, some of the skill positions. Like I feel really good about my wide receiver room and running back room and even some of the tight ends I got too. I mean, uh, I, I just feel really good about my depth. What do you consider, I guess, you, you talked about your – your strategy on the NFL side is to, you know, start building back up each year. How many players need to go to the NFL for you to consider it successful? And how many need to like be an impact in your lineup for it to be, you know, successful in your, in your mind? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a good question. Um, so that's not even on the show sheet. That just came off the top of my head. I mean, we're just working here today. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good question. I mean, I, I think this year I have, you know, five or six that are going to try to be drafted, but I don't see a lot of them having huge impact definitely right away. I mean, I'd love to – I'd love to have a couple guys each year um, that I'm confident that they're going to get drafted and have a shot to make an impact. A uh, couple, meaning, you know, two, maybe three each year. Um, it, 
you know, it's tough right away as a rookie to have an impact anyways, but yeah. at least, you know, higher Devi end, you know, going, going day one, day two, man, it'd be nice to have a couple of those each year. I would think. Jacob, what do you think? Like for you, what, what do you feel is like successful? Whether for like your team slash the league in general. I think the way you got to look at the NFL guys is roughly you're going to have 10, 10 to probably 15 skill players that actually make a difference on your NFL roster year to year. So if you don't have one of those 10 to 15, the other ones probably don't matter. I mean, it doesn't like, I've got a bunch of guys hitting my roster, I guess, this year. outside of the first and second rounders. The rest of them are probably just like useless. Yeah. They're they're never going to score a point for me again in my starting lineup. I feel like if I have eight guys get drafted, I feel pretty good about that. And if I can have one or two of those guys make my lineup in a two to three year span, I feel like that's a win in my book. Yeah, but you can also have eight guys get drafted day three. That's not a win at all. I mean, that's good for them. They're getting paid, and they're in the NFL. But, like, for fantasy purposes, it's not going to be useful. Yeah, they're going to die on the taxi squad. Or they're going to help Ian with his depth that he talked about as one of his strengths. Like, Parker Washington, I like Parker Washington for a – on an NFL team, I feel like he is a wide receiver three – wide receiver four type who can do a bi-week fill-in for me in year three. And I would be okay with that. I don't know. I just look at like Zay Jones was kind of my fill-in for any time I had a guy out, like in my flex spot this last year. He was a second-round pick. Yep. It's what's going to make this league fun going forward. I mean, just it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. It's It's – that's why we're all here. Hopefully, I mean, it's 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 going to be a lot of fun, and that's a great question, Luke. I don't remember because I got off topic here. Did we talk about your strengths on the NCAA side? Yeah, you talked about your wide receiver, and yeah, that's right. So let's uh, move on to what is your strategy for the NCAA side? Yeah, just just a feeder system and to be competitive each year. Um, you know, stackpile as much Debbie as you can, and you know, in the later rounds, pick up some producers so you can be competitive. So do you – how much weight do you put into actually winning? You, you keep using the word as be competitive. Competitive and winning are, are two separate things. So you, you rather have your Debbie guys – you care more about the NFL side than you do the college side? No, I wouldn't say that. I think I care – about competing on both sides, uh, but it's kind of it's kind of trying to find that that right balance, you know. Because I mean, you got to have Debbie guys if they're gonna do anything for you on the NFL side. Um, but at the same time, it's no fun to it's no fun to lose on the on the college side either. So I don't know. Jacob seems to enjoy it. <laughs> We're coming. <laughs> we, we coming. <laughs> All right, Jacob, do you have uh, any questions for for our guest here? I guess, have you, like, developed any rules of, like, when a player on your squad 
goes from being a Devi asset <laughs> to, okay, he's no longer a Devi asset. He needs to be a college producer. Because that's basically what I've been doing for like the last year is trying to figure out based on position who is no longer who no longer has like a high range of outcomes in the NFL. Okay, yeah. now I can move. Yeah, that's a that's another great question. And I, I haven't I don't have the perfect system yet. It's just you know that's what's been tough for me because basically what I found like a Jai Hall, he's not getting to the NFL. But yep. I can't quit him. Yep. I can't. Yep. It's yeah, it's tough. Yeah, when do you when do they shift to the category? Yeah, they're just a producer. That's yeah, that's that's what makes this league fun too. I'm trying to get off some people in year one just because I don't want to become attached to them and have the next haul on my team that like I I know I need to give up on this guy and I I can't. So I'd much but I don't know. Seeing some someone succeed on someone else's team that you had on your team, you're like, I believed in you, probably also hurts probably more than just having somebody die on your team. So what are the odds that Jojo Earl comes back to hurt you? What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. I believe I guess what do you consider as hurt? Like he goes to the NFLs in a top three pick, like or top three rounds. Like you actively feel like you need to trade back for him. The odds of that? Uh, 20%. No chance. No. You asked me what my opinion was, and I said 20%. I'm saying your opinion is wrong. Shut up, Grim. <laughs> so, again, Grim isn't hearing this because he's still got his hands over his He has no idea. He hasn't listened to any of this podcast. But probably about 20. I'm waiting for that player that I I trade away. And I'm like, you know what? I messed up. I need to go trade back for him and pay more to get him back. You almost did. I just didn't take the bait. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Do, do you care to elaborate, Ian? Jermaine Burton. What happened with Jermaine Burton? Still kicking myself on that. You trade you you traded me, or I traded you, Burton. Yeah, J- for Jacory Brooks, and then I also gave you like a pick or something. Yeah, like you gave me a pick, and then you had buyer's remorse or seller's remorse. Yep. And you offered me first for Burton. I was like, nope, he's he's. I believe I'm a I'm a believer, and now he's stuck on my roster. <laughs> I offered a supplemental first last year for him. You said no. That's what I knew. Couldn't get him. But at least he had a great year for you. So is that why you've dialed back the trading this year? Could play into it. Could play into it a little bit, yeah. Because Luke mentioned something about, like, a trade with me being the cause of that. I just want to know where, like, point on the doll, where Jacob hurt you. Because, honestly, I thought that you were pretty – active in the trade market and I actually looked back and I feel like you only have like I think it was like 11 trades or something it was actually a pretty small small number for whatever reason felt like more yeah 
But no, yeah, no, that yeah, those words you hurt, they just kind of you just kind of dig at you a little bit. And you know, I'm not I'm always willing to discuss it, but you guys you already hit it on it, you know. You you kind of you kind of fall for these guys and man, they're tough to they're tough to get rid of. You know, the guys that uh other managers are coming to you for are guys that you're all in on and yeah, no one wants your crappy players unless yeah. they're Unless you just like put it out there, hey, this guy is costing this, and then someone just sits back and you know what, that's fine. Yeah. No, or, and if guys are coming after those bro. guys, that even that even that even tells you further that hey, you know, I already believe in them, and so does this guy. So like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how it, how many people out. came after Marks? Was it the one. whole league? Just one. Just one. And then. What did you think when I came after him? What, I, I want you to tell me what you said. Oh, what did I say? Like, I mean, I like him. He's he's going to be a college producer, but I don't see there's NFL is a long shot for sure. I mean, he's he's going to produce this next year as an upperclassman. They're going to throw him the ball for two yards or whatever it calculates out to Belleville. Uh, and he's probably going to be in my starting lineup, but and then I was like, that's going to depend on the pick. And then you sent the offer, and I was like, well, okay. <laughs> so I asked you if you were willing to trade. If you were willing to trade him, you're like, well, he's going to produce this year. What are, like? What are you hearing? Are you hearing good things? <laughs> How am I being swindled? How am I being swindled? Luke's out there on his on the on the bird app, and he's talking to all these coaches and everything. You know what does Luke know? Luke's got to know something. Why is he asking about this? A guy that no one no one is asking. About. Like, all right, I don't know if I want to trade it to Luke because I don't know what's up, but I don't want Luke to have him. <laughs> Has anyone else approached you about Bryson Nesbitt? No, you're the only one. He's my guy. Luke, Luke's actually the one that turned me on to him last year. I appreciate the uh, the vote of confidence there with me picking out people. I just didn't. I should have picked him. I was on him. I just I just didn't do it. All right. So let's play the same game that we played with Chad. I'm gonna have a little fun with this one. I hope Jacob. I hope you have a lot of fun with this one. I hope mm-hmm. maybe you can find something. Who are your most untouchable players on the NFL side? Yeah, when you asked me this yesterday, I believe. I mean, I look at I look down my roster and I don't see really <coughs> any of them as untouchable. And if I had to pick one, it's it's probably Michael Pittman, just because I'm a believer. But um, but yeah, if I had to pick one, it's him. The rest, like I said, I don't have a lot of star power. I have depth, but I don't have a lot of star power, so I don't see a lot of them as untouchable. Jacob, do you have anything that might be able to uh, fondle Michael Pittman? Um, maybe, maybe trade somebody in the league. Doesn't have to be you. Just anything that you can think of. Well, it's tough because hearing that he's probably the highest on Pittman. Like so. Would you trade? I just don't know if someone's going to overpay for him. If there's anyone, Nate constantly reaches out about him. Oh, he does? I feel like look he, at, he's just look at his team. Look at, look at his team, Jacob. Tell okay. me. 
tell me what's on Nate's team. Ian, if so, if, here's here's one that I would do if I had Pittman. I'd take Drake London off his hands. Drake London for Pittman straight up. Yep. I don't think Nate would do it though. He might not be as high on Pittman now because I think he, you know, the Matty Ice fell into it. Uh, you know, he thought just like I did that he was going to ball out with uh, Matty Ice, and that's no longer. And then, yeah, London. I don't know. I just don't see him giving getting rid of him. He won't. I've tried. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I'm trying to. I'm trying to look at. I mean, looking down my roster, I mean, who would you guys think is – I mean, I just – So, this is just personal bias because I'm not as big of a fan of him. But I think – I don't think Amon Ross St. Brown is ever going to get more valuable than now. So, if you are going to trade him, I would do it now rather than wait on it. Because basically we're seeing him with like insane usage. And yeah. So like once that usage goes away, then what happens? Right. Like you could probably get somebody to trade you. Like okay, I think he's maybe he's on your team, uh, Jacob. But like the age differences. Let's say you were competing, Christian McCaffrey for Amon Ross St. Brown. Like is that like? that far off with age and, and whatnot, like, you know, given everybody's different scenarios or it's probably some... not. I mean, if I guess I probably wouldn't do it just cause I'm not the biggest Amon Ra fan, but like if, if I'm just a normal person who has a normal opinion of Amon Ra St. Brown, then yeah, that's probably fair. Or like, let's say Kyle Pitts doesn't do anything this year. No. <laughs> what about Travis Kelsey for Amon Ross St. Brown? When does cut Travis Kelsey's wheels fall off? Do they ever fall off? I don't know. Grim seems to be chopping them. Maybe. Travion Henderson on my team, running back for Amon Ross St. Brown. I probably think those are not that far off because I would like to assume uh, I'll let both of you be here as unbiased opinions, but I think Travion Henderson is at least a day two running back round two or three, probably one of the top three in the class for Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't feel like that would be that far off. Thoughts, Jacob? I'd probably still want something on top of Henderson. Okay. Just in case. I mean, we, we've seen it happen where, you know, he had this big freshman year, and then if he kind of fizzles this next year, then that's probably, I don't know, it's going to give you a little bit of hesitation there. What about this? What about this? Trey Lance and DJ Moore for Amon Ross St. Brown. Potentially could help you out with your quarterback situation. Yeah, because I, I can see – I don't know. Does Corey have him? Yeah, Corey has both of them. Yep. Like, I would think that Trey Lance is kind of – gives me the heebie-jeebies, but he could turn out a in a great spot. That could be a good value trade. Kind of, like the worst thing you're losing out on is 
Amon Ra potentially being like a top 10 wide receiver versus DJ Moore being a top 20. Yeah. You're not losing a ton and you're still getting, I don't know. You, you're still taking a swing. In a in a full point PPR league, Amon Ra St. Brown or Kenneth Walker? Amon Ra. Amon Ra? Okay. Let's see here. We did Amra, so let's do Michael Pittman, Russell Wilson, or Michael Pittman. Ian's got a quarterback. Ian's got a quarterback issue, but what if, you know? Superflex. I don't know. I I could see somebody being into that. Um, what about trading Patrick one hundred one, or tra- Patrick trades you one hundred one? Let's say whatever. You take Arch Manning. You take whatever quarterback you want. You got 101 on the college side for Michael Pittman. Would you do that? You gotta wait, you gotta wait longer. But yeah. I mean you're gonna get your you have a quarterback need and you'd have to hit on that. Maybe Arch is like the lowest floor because worst case probably gets drafted based off of his name. I, I feel like that wouldn't be awful. You know what I think the move is? Trade him for one of the rookie quarterbacks. For oh, like go get like CJ Stroud, and then see if you can get like I don't know, just a career like wide receiver two thrown in. Hopefully, I mean we're in, uh, but everybody's kind of quarterback hungry in this league. Yeah. <laughs> We are uh, an audio medium, but I feel like I see Ian's wheels turning. I think we've given him some good things to think about. Hopefully, they're they're not too egregious. Uh, I'm now – honestly, this is all part of step four of the FFT, <laughs> FFT that I'm a part of. Um, let's go to your college side. Who are some college guys who are untouchable, quote-unquote? Yeah, I, th- I can't remember the exact names I gave you, but it's all I got. <laughs> Xavier Worthy, Malik Neighbors, uh, Barry and Brown, and then uh, I think you know the last one. Antonio yeah. Williams. Yeah. These are your guys. You covet them the most. You said you kind of get attached to them. It's kind of like that middle school love that you have. What uh, – Jacob, do you have anybody that you feel that you could make a trade on your team or anybody's team with Ian to at least get those wheels turning that, you know what, maybe my guy isn't as touchable as I thought. Maybe we can go to the movie theater and we can, like, make out or something. I mean, yeah. Trying to see if there's people on other people's teams. Would you trade Barry and Brown for Derrick Henry? Does Barry and Brown make it to the NFL? Probably. What yeah. does he end up being? Is he what Jacob talked about in one of these uh, top, like, 18 guys? Derrick Henry? Aging out? Is this his last year? I don't know. He's a freak. Yeah. That's a tough one. It's a, the NFL to college I still struggle with. I feel like that wouldn't be, like... 
I can see both sides there. I'm, I'm glad I came out with a good one. Like your face was like, oh, maybe. Like I don't know. <laughs> so there you go, Grim. Even though you hate me, I'm trying to help you. Oh, never mind. He's still got his ears closed. <laughs> Kirk Cousins for Barry and Brown. We're a quarterback hungry league. I don't know if it would actually happen, but also like Kirk Cousins isn't like great. Do you do Kirk Cousins for Barry and Brown? Yeah, potentially. But like you said, the the yeah, the quarterback hungry league and I don't know, I'd have to look. I don't know what Kirk's situation is. I don't know how many years he pretty much has left. Pretty much this year. Yeah. Kyle McCord for Barry and Brown. To which side, Bill Bell? I see you shaking your head. I would not trade Barry and Brown for Kyle McCord. I mean, sorry. He, he, wants, a, he wants a quarterback, and Ohio State's got a good track record. Do you, do you follow it? I have a good track record of what? Putting quarterbacks into the NFL. Oh, they just get there? Yep. Okay. <laughs> you can trade them for whatever you want once they get there. Apparently. That's UPR. <laughs> what about Barry and Brown for Miles Sanders? I'd consider it. But I'd probably want to swap Barry and Brown for somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Those are my couple that I came up with for Barry and Brown. I won't do all of them, but that was one of them I came up with. Now, these are, I like these. I, I hope you do it with all the managers because, yeah, it, get, it kind of gets the wheels wheels turning a little bit. And yeah. I, makes you I, think I, about I, things a little bit differently than, than the manager you're interviewing probably does. So I like this segment. Yeah, I'm, I plan on doing it with everybody because I, when people say that people are untouchable, I feel like they can be touched. Because I told Nate he wasn't getting JSN. JSN's on Nate's team, <laughs> so everyone everyone has a price. I do believe, except for like you know, I don't really know what you're going to give up for like a Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, like those top elite quarterback types. Like other than like, hey, I got to have like a pretty really good quarterback, and then like a whole bunch of other things for me to even consider it. Like other than that, a couple of those top guys I can see. Okay. Yep, I'm not going to touch those. Yeah, I think once those guys find a home in this league, I don't think they're looking until <laughs> maybe the back end of their career. So, so Jacob, do you have anything that for Antonio Williams? I've got a bunch of stuff for him. <laughs> what do you want, Ian? <laughs> Would you trade... Clay Cade Klubnick for Antonio Williams. Yeah. Need a quarterback. Probably pretty good upside. Or Connor Wegman. Or Connor Wegman. What's that? What about Connor Wegman? If he doesn't run with the twos anymore and actually like starts, I guess. 
I thought you were asking me if I would trade Cade Klubnik for Antonio Williams. I would not trade Antonio Williams for Cade Klubnik. Okay. (laughs) A Drew Aller? I'd probably be down for that, but that's preference, right? Like, I just like him as a quarterback more. Not that he's actually proven anything more. Um, How about this one? Okay. Antonio Williams for Jaden Daniels. No. Um, <laughs> no. That was a joke, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> what about Antonio Williams for supplemental pick 102? Again, you would get whatever – you know Arch is going 101. You'd get whatever quarterback you want and still have 105. Man. Ian yeah. Lowe, you know what? Antonio Williams is, can be fondled. <laughs> It's not. Uh, it's not. Uh, I just want to know if if it in, is intriguing. Probably getting warmer with that one. Getting warmer. All right. Do you I have? Would, any- I would just take Riley Leonard in the second round and not worry about it. <laughs> then you get both. Anybody else that you want to talk about here, Jacob? Any worthy or uh, Malik neighbors talk? Well, I have a question for Ian. Who's the one college player? That you absolutely want on anybody's team. And why is it Quinn? Uh, it's not Quinn. Um, <laughs> it's probably Caleb Williams. Is it because he runs less good than Riley Leonard? I got to do some research on Leonard here, it seems. Um but uh, no, I just I think Caleb's gonna obviously he's gonna smash this year, and I think he's gonna have. You think he's got the best shot of anyone to have a successful NFL career? Fair enough. That's a good to know. That's a good to know. I mean, so, to me, that's the starting point to moving like Barry and Brown and Antonio Williams is like, okay, I have a quarterback problem. Here's this really good quarterback coming into the league next year. Like, what do I need to add to those players to? you know, get the guy that I actually want yeah. rather than like take another swing and miss at like one Oh two or a Connor Wegman or something like that. Yep. Fair enough. Fair enough. Any other questions you got there, Jacob? That's it for me. All right. And since this is an interview all about me, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want, I want the league to hear. Ian, what is it like to do a trade negotiation with Jacob? Uh, I mean, my biggest thing is just talking to it. Before you answer, Ian, I will say (laughs) I approach Ian different than other people. Oh, really? Whoa! I do. I I cater my message to Ian. (laughs) Why is that? Just because the guys that you're asking about or what? Yeah, because I like one, I'm never going to reach out to anybody about players I don't like. And two, it's like I'm just, I'm, I'm pretty like, I don't know, 
upfront about the fact of what I think of like those players. I yep. would say. Yep. No, I, I go think ahead. That's accurate. No, I think that's, I think that's accurate. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of other people. I just send them the trade and if they decline, they decline. If they counter, they counter. Like I don't yeah. No, And I think that's how to approach me. Uh, and, and Luke, you do a good job with it too. I mean, just talking through it. And I like to see both sides, <laughs> um, you know, give me your take on them. And I, you know, I'll, I'll give you my take most times. Um, but yeah, no, I've never had any issues uh, trading or talking with uh, Jacob or uh, his co-host. I mean, I think we talking through it from both sides. is just the best, the best way for me. But the best way to approach it or start it might be to send an offer because I, my weakness is proposing offers. Uh, from what I already hinted at is I'm more focused on my guys or free agents, <laughs> and I'm not always looking at uh, players that are rostered. That's that's like my last thing I'm looking at. Probably needs to change, but uh, that's just how I go about it. Well, you might not have to if everyone just comes to you for players. What's the point of learning? It's like, well, all these people are just going to come to me because they want these guys that I like. I must be doing something right. But uh, that's kind of all the questions we have tonight. Ian, do you happen to have any questions for us? I don't off the top of my head, but uh, just want to thank you guys for the commitment for this podcast. It's fun to listen to each uh, Friday morning. Uh, Makes the the Friday morning go a little bit easier at work when, when you got this and in the queue ready to go so you guys do great and it's it's entertaining so appreciate the dedication you are very welcome and so is the rest of the league yeah i feel like we put a lot of work into this and i'm not gonna lie doing it every week it's a lot like it it doesn't seem like a lot but then i gotta do some editing i've got to do all this stuff on the back end and it takes a long time so I'm going to be pretty honest. Uh, let's hear. We're doing this on Wednesday. I'm just going to probably cut it. And then I'm going to do the editing Thursday, and it's still going to drop Friday. Because. No, just appreciate the dedication. Shame on the managers that aren't taking advantage and listening to this. Uh, I mean, it's our league. Uh, you should be. But, no, the, the dedication is, is awesome. And keep doing what you guys are doing. It's awesome. Makes it fun. And you can tell you guys really enjoy it too. Yeah, it's a lot of work, but you can tell you guys have a lot of fun doing it too. Uh, it, it comes through. So awesome. Well, I appreciate hearing that. It is, uh, like I said, it's a time commitment. We like doing it, but it's also nice that other people at least enjoy listening to us, even if it's not grim. <laughs> well, that's all we have for tonight. Next week, Ian, is there anybody that, uh, you want to call out maybe he was undefeated and you maybe beat him for a championship on the NFL side. Maybe you want to call that guy out. Yeah. Where's, where's our trader at? Where's Nate? Nate, the gauntlet is down. Ian wants to hear what you have to say next week on the casuals to degenerates podcast. That's all we got. Remember, Start your studs. Jacob, don't hate the player, hate the game. I'm Triple H. 
I'm going to say it every week until you maybe understand. I don't get it. All right. Good night. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you. See ya. It's time.